Oh, yeah, he is. So I was, trying to, I was trying to trip you up there. You're supposed to say Jesus is risen or he is risen. I was just messing with you. Good morning. How are you? It is great to have you uh, here today. So we're so glad to uh, be here on Resurrection Sunday. My name is Pastor Mark, and today we're going to look at the benefits uh, of uh, Christ rising from the dead. And actually, we're going to look at three things that we know for certain. And so I just want to read to you this morning as we get started the uh, account of the resurrection. Matthew 28 uh, verses 1 through 8 says this. Now after the Sabbath toward the dawn of the first day uh, of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And, And behold, that there was a great earthquake, and for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And, and the, for the fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come and see the, uh, where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you uh, to Galilee. And there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. So go ahead and take your note sheets out of your program. You can follow along with me. Uh, as we take a look at what we know for certain because Jesus uh, rose from the dead. The number one there on your outline uh, is, is that Jesus has a great purpose for my life. And this is one of the most important things to know in life. Like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? And a lot of people confuse purpose with other things. Like, like purpose is not success. Right, you can be incredibly successful and not know your purpose. You can be incredibly talented, very productive, and still miss the purpose for for why you were made. I've heard it put it. I've heard it put this way: uh, My life has a great cast. I just don't know the plot. Right? Ever feel like that? When it comes to purpose, we usually have like three choices to, to figure it out. The, the first one is that you figure it out by speculation, right? Like you can take a philosophy class and you can ask some questions of life, like who am I and why does my life have meaning? And you can read a book and, and you can do that all day long. But the bottom line is what? You're just guessing, right? It's just speculation. You'll never find purpose by guessing at it. The second way is like imagination, right? You basically just kind of make it up. And and since you don't know what it is, you just pick one. And they're probably, you can Google like 10,000 self-help books out there that that will teach you how to do that. The the other way is introspection. So people try to find their purpose by looking within. And we see this one in the Eastern philosophies, right? You look long enough within and you'll know your purpose. There's a big problem with that one though you know what it just doesn't work 
If we did that, then we all would know our purpose, right? Because we'd look inside. I looked inside of myself. You know what I saw? A big mess. Here's the thing. We can't know our purpose because you didn't make you. If I were to hold this up and say, do you know what this is? Do you know the purpose of this little guy that I have in my hand? You probably have never seen one before. You might have. Some of you might know what that is. But what do you think the purpose of that is? Well, you could guess and you could speculate. Right? You could look within and you could pretend to know, but really you would have no idea what the purpose of this object is unless A, you talk to the inventor, or B, you read the owner's manual. Right? If you did those two things, you could figure out the purpose of, of, of this little guy. The, the same is true for your life. The, the only way you're ever going to know your purpose in life is to talk to the creator, God, or read the owner's manual, the Bible. And I want to tell you this morning, God has a bigger plan for you than anything you could ever come up with. And you might be wondering what all of that has to do with Easter. Well, look at 2 Corinthians 5.15. It says, and he died for all. That those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him, for their sake, died and was raised. See, Jesus died for us. And it's only fitting that we should live for him. And because of the resurrection, Jesus gives us new life. But, but not so we can live that life for ourselves, but so we can live it for him. And the question is simple this morning. Are you living for yourself or are you living for Jesus? It's like one or the other. And what does it mean to live no longer for themselves but for him? It doesn't mean that we can say, like, like I won't love or serve others. Instead, our love for God and our, and our life for God, our purpose in life is expressed in our service of others. And so when we serve others, what it says about our heart is that we're living out the purpose of God in our lives. And you were made for more than just how you think you should live. You were made for more than success. You were made for more than survival. You were made for more than, than all of that. You were made for significance. And the only way you'll know that is by discovering God's purpose for your life. Now, now where do you get that purpose? Well, Colossians 1, 15 and 16, for through him, God created everything. And in the heavenly realms and on earth, he made the things we can see and the things that we can't see such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. So, so there is like no doubt that, that Jesus is the author of, of, of all creation. And, and when we behold the wonder and the glory of the world Jesus created, we worship and we honor him all the more. It's the only way we'll find our purpose is to find it in Christ. And until you get to know Christ, you'll never know uh, what your purpose is because he's the one that made you. He, he, he's the one that rose again. Here's the second benefit we get from Jesus rising from the dead is that Jesus has great power for my problems, right? Easter demonstrates the, the power of God. I, I don't know but, about you, but I can't think of a greater power than raising yourself back to life. 
right? It's the most powerful event in history. And the cool thing is, is that it is available to those who put their faith and their trust in Christ. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, the apostle Paul prays this. He says, and I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Right? The power that, that works in us, that the, my, it is the mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. And with this mighty power available to us, there never needs to be like a power shortage in the Christian life. Because it was the power that raised Jesus to heaven after his resurrection. And like Satan thought he had that, that thing won. Yeah, he, he didn't. Right? I've read the end of the book. We win. All right? That power that does all of that is the same power that's, that's at work in, in, in Christians today. I mean, it is really pretty awesome when you think about it. So what that means by application this morning is that we need to ask ourselves today, like where do we need the resurrection power in our lives? And maybe you're here today and maybe you need God's power in your marriage. Right, right? Maybe you're in a situation where, where, where your marriage is that you just need resurrection power there. Maybe you, you need God's power in your job or just living life. Maybe you're tired all the time and it's hard for you just to get through the day. Maybe you have a friendship and you've had a conflict and you've had an argument. Maybe that relationship is broken and you need God's power to make it right again. Or maybe you're here this morning and your heart's just broken. And you need your heart repaired. And you need God's power to do that. You know what I've noticed? The difference between human beings and God is that God is God and we're not. Right? I've noticed another difference. We can resuscitate, but it's only God that can resurrect. Like took a CPR class here at our church this last winter. I learned how to help someone when their heart stops. So I just want you to know, I've got your back, right? If something happens this morning, I'm there for you. Okay, I've learned how to do that. I've learned that you can resuscitate when, when someone has been dead for like a minute or two. But when you've been dead for like three days and you've been buried, you don't need resuscitation. You need a resurrection. Then God says, I have that kind of power to give to you. And God not only has a purpose for your life uh, because of the cross and the resurrection, but God has a power for your life, which is bigger than any problem that, that you might be facing right now. And you, you want to know something? That's what gives us hope. 1 Corinthians 1, Paul gives his testimony of how God helps us when we think life is hopeless. Can, can I tell you today that, that life's not hopeless? And that God brought you here today on this Easter, and he wants you to know not to give up. The answer is not to quit. The answer is to get connected. Find God's purpose and his power in your life. And Paul tells his own story as he writes to the church in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10, he says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the providence of Asia. We, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. 
But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again when we have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to to rescue us. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like crushed and overwhelmed? Right? Ready to like throw in the towel? Paul looks at it like this. Paul looks at it like, hey, it's all good because when we stopped thinking about how we could handle it and started relying on God, and they did that, why? Because he can like raise stuff from the dead, man. That's what we're celebrating this morning. Because if he can raise the dead, then surely he can help us with the mundane problems of everyday life that we have. Isaiah 40, 29 says he gives strength to those who are tired and more power to those that are weak. You you ever feel like that? Ever feel like tired and weak? After explaining all the greatness and the glory of God, now Isaiah explains another benefit that we receive from God. He gives us his great power. And notice who God gives the power to. He gives it to the weak. And how when we put our faith in Jesus and our trust in him, And you might be thinking, yeah, but you don't know what's going on in my life, right? There is no way God would help me. You don't want to know what? You're right. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I do know this. I do know that in Luke 18, verse 27, it says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And what looks like a dead end is prime for God to step in and do what God does. And what looks like you cannot overcome, God can overcome when we put our trust in him. And then there's a third thing that I know for certain. Not only does God have a great purpose for your life and a great power to solve our problems, but number three, he has a great place for me after I die. What we learn from the resurrection of Jesus is there's more to life than the here and now. We learn that that death is not the end. You know, one day my heart's going to stop. One day your heart is going to stop. And that will be the end of my body. But guess what? It's not the end of me. Right? You and I were made to last forever, God says. And he said, I have proven that, that there's life after death by raising my own son. In John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die yet, shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus clearly says, clearly says, That when we believe in him, we will never die. How do you know he's telling the truth? Because he did it. Right? It's one of the most attested miracles ever. Jesus spent 40 days in Jerusalem after the resurrection. Right? He just didn't say bye to his friend and go back to heaven. Right? No, he, he walked around, he ate meals, he, he talked to people. One time he spoke to, to, to 500 people and there were many, many eyewitnesses. He, he did all of that so we could have eternal life. And how do you get eternal life? Not by being good, not by going to church, not by promising to be perfect, not by giving to the poor. He says one thing, right? Trust in me as your Savior because Jesus is our source of hope. And you will never find hope in something that you can lose. Right? If you want to have hope that gets you through tough times uh, of life, you have to put your hope and your trust in something that cannot be taken from you. 
And if you put, yeah, like you could do stuff, like you could put your hope in your bank account, but guess what? It can be stolen. You, you can put your hope in, in, in your spouse, but guess what? You can lose your spouse. You, you can put your hope in your health and you can use, lose your health real quick. Trust me. Why? Because none of those things are God. And since Jesus was raised from the dead, we know that there's life after death. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 6. All praise to God. The, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we've been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There's a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. What's the passage saying here? There's a lot here. I'm not going to unpack it all this morning, but I want you to, to understand this today. That, that, that there is a promise of our inheritance that is certain because we are kept by the power of God, ensuring that we will endure through faith until the coming of Jesus. And the bottom line of what I'm saying to you this morning is that the Bible tells us because of the resurrection, we have hope. Right? There's more to the story than what we see in the here and now. And we have hope because God protects and he keeps our inheritance in heaven for us. I got to tell you, I've been a pastor now for 27 years, and I've stood by many gravesites. Right? I, I've officiated many funerals. I'm pretty good at knowing the difference between people who have hope and, and those that don't. I, I've done the funeral where, where nobody in the room has any hope uh, of God, nobody in the room has the hope of the resurrection or the hope of heaven. And then I've been there for those that know the Lord and, and they lose a loved one who knows the Lord and they, they grieve, but they don't grieve for the person who has died because they know where they're going, right? They grieve for themselves because they're going to miss them. And let me tell you, it's a whole different kind of grief. It is a grieving with hope. And the way you live with hope in the middle of pain is to change your viewpoint, right? You get your eyes off of what is happening in the present and you shift your perspective, you change your focus. You begin to live in the light of eternity. And life on, on earth is short, right? You maybe get 60, 70, 80, 90 years, whatever it is. It's not long compared to the bazillion years that, that we're going to spend in, in, in eternity with God because that's where our hope is. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. And the truth of the matter is this. You, do you know what comforts me when I think about the death of like my mom who, who went to be with the Lord? It's not the happy moments that we shared in the past, but it's thinking about the holy moments that she's having right now in heaven. That comforts me because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And if I could talk to my mom right now, you know what she would say? She would say how great heaven is. In fact, she would say this. It is greater than, than any sermon you ever preached on heaven, son. Uh, that's what she would say. 
1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love them, or love him. That verse is not about heaven, it's about the here and now. God has a purpose for your life. He has a power to help you and a place for you when you die. And it is about the hope that we have in the gospel. Check out this video. How glorious of a king he is, amen? Amen. How do you receive Christ as your Savior in your life? Romans 10, 9 tells us, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for uh, your word today. And God, I can't help but to think this morning that there might be somebody here today that needs to begin a relationship with you. And so, God, on this Easter morning, would you give them the courage to open up their hearts and their life to you? I want to invite you this morning, if you want to come and give your heart and life to Christ and have a personal relationship with him, the first step is merely just to pray a a simple prayer. It goes like this, dear God, I need a fresh start in my life. There are things I need to change. 
And as much as I know how, I want to open up my heart to your grace and to your mercy. Thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son to die on a cross for me and then to rise on the third day in newness of life. Thank you that the tomb is empty today. And I want to invite you to come in my heart and life by faith. And from this day forward, I'll trust you to do a work in my heart and life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, if you pray.